Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back, and as always, thanks for listening. Secondhand faith. Have you ever heard that term before? I remember years ago, I sang with a quartet, and this was in church, and it was kind of a youth quartet kind of thing, but the the youth director, who was really good at music, had picked this particular song, and the name of the song was Secondhand Faith, and... Uh, I remember the the lyrics. Secondhand faith won't get you into heaven. Secondhand faith won't get you a crown. And uh, I remember the the church, kind of uh, specifically the pastor was like, whoa, and he called foul on that because he didn't feel like that was biblically accurate. And I'm going to have to take exception to that because. Here's what I mean by secondhand faith. Generational kind of stuff. Uh, for example, I go to church because my parents go to church. Well, it's great that you go to church. But, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter to God if you're doing it for your parents. That's going to sound really tacky, but it's true. Over Easter, I was listening to some Keith Green uh, interviews. Keith Green was a Christian contemporary singer uh, back 80s, 90s, and... uh, and he was fantastic. To be very honest with you, uh, I had grown up in the area that his ministry was in, which was Lindale, Texas, and uh, it's kind of deep east Texas, and had been to Last Day's ministry. Uh, on one occasion, met his wife once, shook her hand. She wouldn't know me. I'd, you know, Again, because I'm serious, it was once. I did have some friends who worked there. And uh, very special place. Super fantastic ministry. And you could tell the thing that impressed me most about Last Days Ministries is that you could tell that these people had been with Jesus. Okay? So, without going off on... On, on a tangent, let me let me say this. Uh, during one of the interviews, Brother Keith said something pretty profound, I think. He said, God doesn't have any grandchildren. And I was like, wow. Man, that's that's pretty that's pretty profound. And what he means is this. You can't have a relationship with God through somebody. You have to have a relationship 
one-to-one, person-to-person with Jesus Christ. End of story. God has no grandkids. Now, that's what they mean when they say second-hand faith. If you know someone who thinks they've got some kind of in, in into the kingdom of God, that God's going to let them in because they because their parents went to church, you know, every day, or because they went to church every Sunday. Well, golly whiz, uh, I hate to tell you, but uh, you can. Uh, you know, you can go into a church, but it doesn't make you a Christian any more than going into a garage makes you a car. That's a very old analogy, but it's true. It has to be a personal thing. It has to be a personal thing. Now, here's something that, and here's a, here's a few ways that people use secondhand faith. All right, here's a few ways. And if you know of any others, then be sure to make note of them because it's important. Number one is when people have family parents that go to church and they go to church with them. And then immediately they assume, oh, well, I'm going to heaven because I went to church with my parents. It doesn't matter. God doesn't have any grandkids. You don't know him through Jesus yourself. That ain't gonna work. Doesn't matter how many times your parents go. Doesn't matter if they were ministers. Doesn't matter if they were Billy Graham. Doesn't matter. You have to know him yourself, personal, one to one. That means you're a child of God. First generation. First generation child of God. It's the only thing that matters to the living God through Jesus. Now, that's the first way. Second thing is just going to church. Now, going to church is an awesome thing. Don't get me wrong, because a lot of people are just shunning that all together right now. I mean, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to church. I can watch it on the internet and everything's cool. But look, if you're a believer, you're missing out on a thousand different ways that God can improve and mature you if you don't go to church. It is super important. But going to church does not make you a candidate for heaven. It doesn't. Period. End of story. You can go every day of the week. And it's still not going to get you in through the gates with Jesus. It ain't going to happen. You can go all dang day. And again, you know, just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. It means you go to church. It's the relationship. Relationship. One-to-one with Jesus. Through, through Jesus to the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There you go. Now, okay, so that's number two. Number three is a little trickier. Because basically, this is a form of self-deception. And it works this way. 
It's comparison. Comparison. And it's really a killer. Comparison. And how does that work? Well, you know, so-and-so over there, he goes to church all the time, and he says he's a Christian, and, boy, I've seen him do X, Y, and Z, and this, and this, and this, and we grew up together, and I saw him do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm just as good as he is. So if he's going to heaven, I'm going to. Only problem is, is you're wrong. <laughs> A, he may not be going. Don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But even if he is, that doesn't mean you are. Just because you're comparing yourself to somebody who's got issues. This, 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 oh, I'm good as, or better than, or that doesn't play with the living God. I'm serious. Think about this. Think, think about this. King David was called a friend of God. And, and, and it was stated more than once how much God cared about him. The guy was a murderer. Okay? He had a dude killed and had a kid out of wedlock with his wife. But still, God had a relationship with this guy. Now, how is that? Oh, well, I thought you had to be perfect to be, have a relationship with God. No, nobody ever said you had to be perfect to have a relationship with the living God. But you have to know Jesus. You do. Now, David had a relationship before Jesus showed up on the scene. He had a, he had a relationship with God. God said he was a friend. And get this, though. The guy killed somebody and got his wife. So now, now, are we going to do comparisons? Are we really? Come on. The Apostle Peter denied Jesus three times outright and, and, and even cussed somebody out over it. <laughs> Cursed to this lady. You know, blankety blank blank, I am not. I don't know this guy. But guess what? He had a relationship with Jesus. Screwed himself up. Yes. So, perfect? No. That's not the point. The point is not perfect. The point is not, oh, well, I'm better than so-and-so because I haven't done blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. It's about knowing the living God through Jesus. If you don't have that relationship... It doesn't mean a thing. And comparison won't do it. When you show up, when you show up in heaven, God's not going to ask you about anybody else. Probably. He's going to ask you a lot of questions about yourself. Now, what do I mean? Here's an example of some people, two guys that think that thought they had it nailed. All right, these were basically the sons of the high priest. This is First uh, Samuel, by the way, chapter two. These were the sons of Eli, the the, the high priest, 
here's what the Bible says about them. And it says, this is starting in verse 12, chapter 2, 1 Samuel again. It says, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. Hmm. They did not know the Lord. There's that, that's verse 1. Whoa. Okay. And then it goes on to say, The custom of the priests with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand, and he would thrust it into the pan or the kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is what they did at Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Moreover, before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Give me the meat for the priest to roast, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. So that's verse 15. Let me put a little aside here. So here we got these two dudes deviating from what's in the word. All right. And they're saying, uh, no, no, forget the, forget what the, what God says about the bowl of meat. You, you give me raw meat. I like, I like to cook it myself. Okay. So, anyways, verse sixteen. And if the man said, "Let them burn the fat first, and then take as much as you wish," he would say, he being the servant of these priests, "No, you must give it now, and if not, I'll take it by force." Hmm. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Now, these are guys that have a position. They're preachers, man. They're in the house of God every day doing, quote-unquote, the Lord's work except they're not. They're skimming, and they're, they're basically forcing people to give them the best of everything. And then basically, they're, they're saying, uh, listen, if you don't do what you say, we're going to thump on your head and take it from you. And here's the kicker. These guys were probably thinking, well, my, my dad's the high priest. You know, hey, I got it in with God, you know. I'm, me and God, we're best buds, you know. Hey, my dad's the high priest. Didn't mean a thing. Again, verse 1. Verse 1, or excuse me, uh, verse two, twelve, First 1 Samuel. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. Whoa. But the second sentence is even... They did not know the Lord. See, they didn't know the Lord personally. They didn't have a relationship with the Lord. It doesn't matter if every one of their freaking relatives was the high priest. They didn't know the Lord. That wasn't going to help. Now, um, by the way, (laughs) just to let you know, um, later, these guys got real arrogant and decided on their own little selves they were going to take the Ark of the Covenant which was very special if 
You know, Old Old Testament history, it was super special because the mercy seat of God was on there. And it was usually in the, the tabernacle. But no, they took it out and they took it to the battle without asking God. Why? Because they didn't have a relationship with the Lord God. And they got themselves killed. Yeah. They got themselves killed. And by the way, their dad, who said, you know, who probably thought he had a great relationship with the Lord, uh, according to the text, uh, God wasn't real happy with him because he let his sons get away with a whole lot of, a lot of junk. And when he heard his sons got killed, he fell over backward in, it, in, a, in his chair and broke his neck because he was very overweight. But here's the thing. Again, pres- presumption. Hey, I'm the high priest. i got a relationship with the Lord. No, you don't. Maybe. But how, what kind of relationship you got with him? Is he continually putting you under discipline because of your behavior you know but his sons they didn't know the lord it says so but they probably thought hey our dad's a high priest man you know hey we got it in no so once again just like brother keith said God has no grandkids. If you don't know the Lord directly, it doesn't matter who your relative is, who your friend is, how bad you think they are, how much better you think you are than them. If you don't know the Lord, if you don't know Jesus personally, one-to-one, then all the church visits on the planet aren't going to get you into into heaven. It ain't going to work. The good news is, is that God wants you to be His. Jesus wants you to know Him personally, one-to-one. But unless you take the step to say, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, I want to know you. I will. I want to change my life, give up what I had, and go with you. Give up my old life, in with a new life, in you. You know, if you can confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. It says, Thou shalt be saved. Now, by the way, that is a continual thing you need to be doing every day. It's, it's, it's a one-time act that changes you, yes. But then your behavior ought to be in gratitude and in growing in that relationship. So, with that being said, the next time you run into somebody and they're starting to compare themselves to you, 
you know, well, you know, you did this, this, and this because, you know, I know you did this and this and this and this. Look, God might have forgiven them completely. They may be horrified at, at the sin that they had in the past. And God may be forgiven them. You may not, because you were out there, but God doesn't care about sins that he has forgiven, even though other people may remember and bring it up a lot. God doesn't care. What he does care about is your relationship to him personally. Because again, if you're doing this comparison thing, that is the kiss of death. Satan loves it when people do that jazz. Because basically what they're doing is they're trying to trying to put, put on the God meter where they're at. You can't do it. You know why? Because there's not a God meter, for one thing. It's either you know Jesus or you don't. There's the meter. Okay? So, with that thought process in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Speak it on. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.